and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Smith with us today. Um, Carl is the founder, is that right? Certainly chief trainer of the UK Hypnosis Academy. Um, And I met Carl on an incredible marketing conference where you get to meet all sorts of really interesting people. And uh, we had a very fun evening, didn't we, discussing all sorts of things. And I thought, you know what? I love what Carl does um, and I love the way he does it. And it ties in beautifully with the things that I do as well. And I thought, well, hey, let's bring another idea in. So welcome, Carl. Thank you very much. Hello, hello, hello. Hello to everybody who's joining us. And um, obviously, questions in the um, in the chat. If you listen to the feel free to ask questions we can always ask Carl later on and get him to get his answers back to you as well and if you're watching on the replay again put your questions in and we will find out any answers from Carl. Carl tell us a little bit about the uh, the academy and also about your story because I know it's absolutely fascinating. Lump Holly's around anymore not that your holiday agent will send you to I've been to all those places before um, uh, and then done all that and then um, and then I applied to join the police in all the way into firearms, firearms onto firearms, trainer firearms, then into six. Um, I just finished duty. I just finished duty. It was it was um, three minutes past seven and I just got home. I got home early that night. Somebody relieved me early. Um, control of their car. To be brutally honest, I thought somebody had lost control of their car. And um, I ran over, went to the drive, wrapped my hand around the seatbelt, started punching him, trying to get him to stop. He wouldn't stop. The car f- fell down i got trapped underneath the car and then i was dragged underneath the car um time underneath the road then i popped out from the front wheel and then i um my neck my shoulder um my forearms had fractures in them and stuff like that there was loads of bits going on so i went on a little so i went on a little bit of recovery to try and get fit and they gave me a thing called tramadol and tramadol if anyone's ever had it before if you've ever and just trying to get over it that way and it weren't working um i then started to realize i was becoming really addicted to the drug i wanted more drugs and all this like nightmare was only just beginning so my physical body had fixed but my emotive body was now about to give me was coming up and it wasn't just about the car accident it was things like um being involved in things in iraq being involved in things in northern ireland being involved in you know just controllable like mount vesuvius of shit just flying out at me from very alpha male jobs you know, military and then firearms and all that type of stuff. And I'd always seen, it. you know, it's all well and good now, talking now, but, you know, 15, even 15 years, do that type of stuff. So I agreed to go to the counselling. And to be quite honest, it made it bloody worse. Honestly, I had a point of nearly suicide. I think it really did. Uh, for those people who don't know, counselling is a cognitive talk therapy where we talk, 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 because a load of visceral rubbish. CBT is like, it's like me putting you on a horse it throwing you off and then me saying get the bone and smash all your nerves up so what happens is is it with cbt is about desensitization so what happens is, is long story short is is it's about just uh, smashing you up until eventually you just go i give in um well, that was my experience and then somebody said to me um there's, there's a thing called neuro-linguistic program and i do hypnosis and i went what's that and i said well, i know what the hypnosis is and i ain't quacking like a dog and shitting like a sheep and all that type of stuff I'm not doing all that and uh, and he went no 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 it's not hypnosis i said well i'm from great yarmouth that's why i was told people i'm from great yarmouth because i was like well i remember ken webster anyone at yarmouth and he's a stage hypnotist now he's been up in blackpool for like 20 odd years now i think it is but the the long story short is, is um 
is um, with with that is that that was my first experience of hypnosis. And I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that shit. I'm, I've been to hypnosis shows. I'm not doing that shit. Mentally, I just couldn't couldn't fathom it out myself. And he put me into like what I now know to be a light trance. And Jesus Christ, it was just like Mount Vesuvius of just all the shit coming out in a wanna. And it literally just kept pouring out and pouring out. And that's what we now know to be concrete hypnosis. He never asked me what it was because what our brain tells us and what our mouth tells us are two different things. That's what they don't work for me. Um, is that with hypnosis itself, it gives me a direct line to the science to this, but on the same token, um, I started to learn hypnosis. And then uh, I literally, it saved my life in some respects. Uh, so I built, I literally built myself a little, little office, got myself a little office and called myself Carl Smith hypnotherapy, which is still getting presentations about working with military and emergency services personnel, made myself a little bit of a name, developed my skills. And then what, 10 years down the line, here we are, you know, I'm teaching all over the world. And apart from this year where, you know, we've got coronavirus on at the moment is, uh, I've taught, you know, I actually went round the world. I, I did a round the world gig. So I left London, went to Oman, went to Dubai, flew from Dubai, Dubai to Melbourne, Melbourne to Sydney. These are teaching, by the way, not just me doing stopovers. So I was teaching there. So I'm Melbourne to Sydney, Sydney uh, there. And then I flew from Waikiki from, from Hawaii to LA. I worked in Hollywood uh, with some famous pop stars and actors. I then flew from Hollywood to Las Vegas, where I presented at the largest hypnosis convention in the world, over a thousand people there. Uh, at Heathrow. So I landed at Heathrow. Two days later, I was teaching in Heathrow. Then I flew from there straight up to Leeds. This is no joke. I didn't, didn't go home. Seven weeks. Flew from there straight up to Leeds. Leeds, I taught there. Went from Leeds to Dublin. And then Dublin flew all the way back to Stansted and went back home. And so what I like to do is, is I like to show people that the worst day of my life at life, the worst experience of my life was going to turn out to be one of the best things that ever happened. tragic it was horrid it was it was you know I, I i still have trouble sometimes even forgiving myself for some of the things i thought about myself and um uh, said to people that were in my life and treated people in my life as well um you know that experience built built it to for me to be able to to go around the world teach work on television national tv um I've done Sky TV. I've done national radio before. So, yeah, so the worst experience of my life was was horrid at the time. Amazing. And, and, and I just love the fact as well that if people watching this, and we are having some technical difficulties at the moment, so I'm not entirely sure. I know we're still live on uh, YouTube, but we might not be live on Facebook right now, so probably people could be watching this on the catch-up now. But um, if anyone is watching this and thinks things happening to me and I'm really worried about that I mean one of the ways that I think is great is if you can reframe it into well you, do you know what 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 could you actually learn if something like that happens what could that be one of those pivotal moments in your life when actually you, you got to do something different and maybe that ought to look back and think yeah. actually wow what an incredible experience uh, well not experience but what an incredible moment that just changes like catalyst doesn't it, it just changes that everything catalyst I mean, to be quite honest, I mean, I specialise in talking about post-trauma, trauma and anxiety now. That, that's my life. That's, I mean, I can do the other bits and bobs like gastric bands, weight loss, all that type of stuff. I can do that. That's ten a penny. But I, my, my pure love's about post-trauma and, um, and working with people with post-trauma. And, 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 and I think that coming from that background and having the skill set I've got with hypnosis and hypnotherapy and NLP and change work and all the other stuff that I do as well is, 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 you know, just gives me such a, 
a lovely career now that you know that 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 it just it, I, I don't even consider going to work anymore uh, but but that moment that you can even at that worst point in your life still gain something positive from it whether it be personal development whether it be whether it be financial or whether it be emotive you know there's something you can always gain out of something that's negative and and I, and I did it took me some time don't get me wrong it took me some time to realize that but even now I bring that forward into this part of life but I'm normal I have things going on in my day-to-day -day life you know separating with my partner and all that type of stuff but I still think of it yes it was horrid and it's disgusting what you know it's horrid what's going on but on the same token I know there's like the end of the tunnel and I still use that as a is that there is there is light at the end of the tunnel and i know it's an old cliche but I, you really have got to look at it like that then what can i gain out of this what can i develop myself from and stuff like that and that's the and, key thing exactly and, and and you know i've done loads of these q a's recently and, and i love doing them with people like yourself that have had real adversity or real things going on in their life or they've really pivoted and changed it changed what they did because nine times out of ten it is because something happened that makes oh, yeah. them do it because a lot of the time even if we're uncomfortable we'll sit in that kind of it's like how you boil a frog isn't it you know you put it in cold water and then you gradually increase the temperature and it's so it's a bit uncomfortable but it can cope with it because it's just a little tiny change isn't it and then suddenly it gets to a point where the water's so hot it's got two options it either jumps out or dies and yeah. and it's that isn't it it's that pivotal moment of something will happen and it's in its change or die i mean and quite literally sometimes in that moment you know i mean even some of the things you were talking about that was literally the try something different or that's it kind of moments and it doesn't have to be that big but why would you why would you wait for it to get to that why if you're not comfortable would you not just do something now you know well i, I firmly believe as well i mean some people might class it as woo woo and i'm not spiritual um, i'm not religious in any way but i still i still firmly believe that <laughs> I, st I still believe something happened that night for a reason. <laughs> it was telling me, it was telling me you're in the wrong shitty job. And why that boy turned up at my house, I will never know. And, I, and he was off my patch. I was 24 miles away from work, 24 miles away. And he was six miles, three, no, he was four miles away from my police station. That's how close he was to the police station. He had nothing to do with me, just lost control of it. The sad story about it is, the real sad story is, is he'd been at a funeral all day um at a funeral wake his auntie's uh, funeral she'd been involved in a car accident which killed three teenagers and f two other people and um they were burying her and obviously he just took her car and just lost control of it he was looking for more drugs that's what he told police later on he was going out to buy more drugs and the and uh, he was pissed and <laughs> when he hit a dual carriageway he shits himself and the long story short is he just turned he just turned right turned left and parked his car in the front of our house and simple as that really and so the thing is that you're able to talk about this now without emotion, without, you know, going back into it. And I always say to people, look, you can't get stuck in that story like it happened. But there's no every time you go back to it, you relive it, don't you? Like, well, that is still wired the way that it is. Every time you go back, you relive the emotion of it. You relive things. So tell us a little bit about how changing stuff means that you can sit there and tell us about this hugely traumatic thing quite happily without i mean i can yeah. feel it i can tell there is no emotion it was like this thing happened that thing happened and it's 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 not really great but actually do you know what like i view it in a different way now and and you can do that without you know going back into the story and where it's me and all these problems and getting worried about it and anxious about it and all that stuff coming back up again so tell us what it is that means that you can do that so so your subconscious unconscious monkey brain the bit that fires off the fight flight freeze mechanism um 
there's a simple way of doing it as well. I mean, I could get I could get people that are watching this now, if they're watching this now or later. All I want you to do now is just go along with this. Just people just go along with it. It's all I want you to do is just go along with it. I'm going to show you how you're going to you can rewire your brain very quickly. All I want you to do is put your hand out in front of you like so. And all I want you to do now, just pretend, just pretend to have an alcohol beverage that you hate or a food substance that you hate now in your hand. And all I want you to do now is just bring it up to your nose and just imagine what it feels like now to put whatever it is in your mouth. Just imagine having that, whatever it is, sticking that worst flavor in your mouth now. There you go, three, two, one. Okay, and stop doing it. And, and if you did do it, you'll probably notice what was going on there with Jenny. And if you didn't, I want you to go have a look at it now. It's the same, I can do it this way as well. If you put your hand in front of it, I can just go, just imagine I've put a big warm poo on your hand now, right? And people sit and go, why did you do that? Because that's, I'm looking for a reaction. I'm looking for, uh, uh. but when we look at it, when we look at it, there is nothing in our hands. There is nothing there. There is nothing there. And the key thing about it is, is that your brain cannot tell the difference between reality and its imagination. So what we just saw there, if I get you to get that imaginary drink and do that, is your imagination overriding your intellect. And if there's conflict between the emotion, which is your reality, your, your creative side and, and reality, and, and, reality the emotion will always win so if there's conflict between the emotion and the intellect brain the emotion will always win it's the same as when you're when you're riding a horse you've been flicked off uh, i mean i work with professional show jumpers and stuff like that when they get flicked off of a horse then the next time they have to get back on the horse and go back to that jump it's that it doesn't worry it doesn't matter that the other jumps were bigger it doesn't matter that the other jumps were wider it's just this shitty little fence was the one that caused me so much last time it's the association with it so and that's a key thing about it as well is that i was actually working with somebody who wouldn't buy brown horses because the first time that she rode a horse she got kicked by a brown horse so she refused to buy them then i worked with her and then she realized that it's got nothing to do with brown horses now to you to us that might seem pathetic but to her in, uh, to her fight flight freeze mechanism it was no 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 last time you went near a brown horse it did something nasty last time you went to that jump you did something nasty so, the so can key i just thing stop you there because that is so key and i just want to expand that so that people can understand it a little bit more as well to help people even more is um so i get this all the time and and one of the real things that we get all the time is it, it in that situation it's a brown horse but we get all the time someone saying to us um oh my horse doesn't like fillers or my horse doesn't like trachanas, or it doesn't like ditches, or it doesn't like red jumps, or it doesn't like, um, you know, the, the the judge at sea, or whatever it is. And actually, it's not. It's because something once happened, and you associated those things. Yeah. Um, your brain goes, oh, there's that thing again. It's not going to like it. So you then tell your horse, yeah. So you then tell your horse it's not going to like it. It picks up on it. Yeah. And then, and I'll let you carry on explaining this in a moment, but I just wanted to expand yeah. this for people to understand. It's not that your horse doesn't like fillers, right? It's that you now react to a filler thinking it doesn't like fillers. So it now reacts to you reacting to it. So yeah. carry on, yeah, Papa. Yeah. I just wanted to expand that because I get this all the time. And it's like, ah, you know, yeah, we can do something about it, but let's just get over the fact that, okay, you, you may yeah. have a horse that doesn't like something fine, but most of the time it's you telling them they're not going to like it. Yeah. So carry on. So so, for instance, this this is the way that I see the inner part of your brain. There's a part called the amygdala that sits behind the nose. And it sits there going, fight, fight, freeze, fight, fight, freeze, fight, fight, freeze. Fight, we're going to fight it physically or verbally. Fight, we're going to run, run away from it or freeze, we curl into a ball. And you see that with horses. I was at a horsey event just before this, this kicked in. It's either going to fight something, it's going to flight it, run away from it, or it's going to freeze. And what was quite interesting is, is that one of the jumps, I, 
I, I go to horse events where I live in Suffolk. There's big where I am in Rendlesham, uh, in in around the Woodbridge area. There's there's big things up here. But but um, I went to the horse event. It was quite interesting actually. How many horses froze and threw threw the riders over because the, the water they had to jump in the water. And it was like, oh, I'm not getting that because I don't know how deep it is. Or it would try to cheat and try to go round it or do whatever. But that's part of the fight, flight, freeze mechanism. It doesn't matter whether you're a human or a horse or a donkey or a dog or whatever. We've all got it built in. But on the same token, your brain does this, fight, flight, freeze, fight, flight, freeze. Then like with the horse or the rider, it's, it's a fight, flight, freeze. Shit, we're coming up to a fence now. Or we're getting bigger, it's getting bigger. So what it's doing now is it's getting ready. Then all of a sudden it gets to the fence and goes, oh, hang on a minute, I don't like that. It's got some water behind it. Bang! And what happens is the amygdala then fires off, firing out loads of cortisones and steroids and then pumping out and saying, nope, you're not doing that because you may hurt yourself. You may kill yourself. So the object of that is, is to is to preserve and protect you. But sometimes actually it does too much. So the preserve, protect side of things. So that fight, flight, freeze mechanism is really important. So if if you can find out whether you're in or your horse or your donkey or whatever it is, it is in fight, flight, freeze, then you can figure out how to nurture that out as well. Um, it's the same as with humans. You know, I, I always sit there and look at if they're in fight, flight or freeze. Are they running away from something? Are they curling into a ball and hoping it all disappears? So, yeah. So the easiest way to do is is, is like disassociation is to, to literally um, to not relive it, but to tell the subconscious, unconscious, that little part there, the amygdala, that, look, you don't have to worry about it. You know, I'm doing this under 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 thing, you know, and. Even just getting your horse to watch, you know, just getting the horse to watch other horses doing it, it then goes, well, that's a piece of piss then. Same principle as when, same, same principle really as, um, as when you're riding a bike. You know, it's the same principle. You watch other people don't you think, hang on a minute, I can do that. Then eventually you fall off a couple of times, but then you get on with it. And now you just don't even think about it. But it's perception. So it's about dealing with that as well. So tell us then a little bit about, so we're talking about brain wiring here, aren't we? We're talking about how you end up in an unconscious pattern because your brain goes into fight, fight, freeze, amygdala hijack, whatever it is, and um, and goes, I need to protect you. And so I'm either going to avoid this or I'm going to run away from it or I'm going to try and fight it away or whatever it is it needs to do. Um, but it's all about patterning, isn't it? It's all about the way the brain then wires yeah. itself. And this all happens unconsciously, doesn't it? Like we do not yeah. deliberately make these connections. Like God wouldn't life be easier if we did. Um, so tell us about then about that wiring and, and how that wiring can be changed. Cause I genuinely, and I know you believe you, you're, you're with me on this one as well. Is so many people have no idea how easy and how, how you actually can just change this stuff. And, and I, you must get the same as me, which is where I go, Oh yeah, we can sort that. No problem at all. And they're like, what? I've been like this for 21 years. And it's like, yeah, yeah, no, it's just a pattern that's overrunning. We, ju we just changed the pattern. It's all fine. And you know, and, it, and it's great to hear it from someone else. Cause I know you, you're with me on this because you do the same stuff. You can change it, can't you? It's actually really quite yeah. simple, but it can change. I get rid of post-trauma in less than 90 minutes. I get rid of post-trauma. Post-trauma is accumulated stress factors. It's all it is. Post-trauma is not one event. You know, you could have had a, you know, people who have one incident happen in their lives, um, are, you know, they're not going to have a lot. People that, that have been subjected to stress all their lives will be prone to post-trauma. And it's very easy to to desensitize and rewire. It's called, it's called neural pathways. It's called synapsis. It's about causing new synapses within the brain to, to then rewire the brain, which is what we, we do. And it's, it is easy. Once we, it's like rewiring a house. If you rip the cable out and tell it, hang on a minute, we'll put some new cable in. What you're doing is, is technically just rewiring and you can rewire straight away. And there's a thing called neuroplasticity as well. And it, it, it was first found out in the 18, 1860s, I think it was. 
um, about people that were getting injured. And, and one story in particular is where a man was blowing um, up, they were blowing a mine for gold. And the long story short is he left a pole in the ground. It blew out, went straight underneath his chin, popped out the side of, uh, out the front of his head um, and caused loads of damage. They removed the pole. But what they noticed is that the, the, the prefrontal cortex had been damaged. But what had happened was is that he became more aggressive, whereas if he was a nice person, this, that, and the other, he became aggressive. But what they did notice is, is that his brain then started to rewire itself and it then started to do different things in different ways. So whereas it was failing in one area, it went to rewire itself. It will rewire itself straight away. It can, you know, it's, it's very adaptable, the, the brain. And if it, if it is, if something happens to it, it will try to figure something out. There's a book by, oh, I can't remember what it's called now, but, uh, Peter, Peter Deutsch, uh, Neuroplasticity about a lady that had a stroke and um, she agreed in her will that she would be part of medical trials if something like this ever happened. And it did happen. And she had a stroke completely debilitated. So what they did is to, to, this sounds really cruel, but, but it really did help the world of science is that her brain always knew all the way along. I've got to survive. I've got to survive. I've got to survive. I've got to survive. So what they did is, is they put, laid her on the floor and she couldn't do anything. They then put a glass of water in front of her and left her there in a position that she could see the water. Over the next few days, over the next few weeks, her brain rewired it to be able to slowly just move towards it until eventually they built it and built it and built it until eventually she made a really good recovery. I wouldn't say a massive recovery, but she made a recovery where she could move her legs, move her arms and do that type of stuff because the brain went, hang on a minute, that bit of the brain's damaged. I'm not going to go do this. I'll shortcut it and go that way. And yes, it will cause other problems in other areas, but on the same token, it will rewire and you can rewire fears, phobias, anxiety, stress and strains and post-trauma straight away. Simple as. And, uh, and those people who think that they've got issues and problems that they can't get rid of, you can, you can. Um, and, and that's, that's always key as well. So you can rewire the brain. There's no two ways about it. I do it on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah, the bread and butter really is. <laughs> well, I do. Um, and yeah, you must find the same thing as I do. Someone comes to you and they go, oh, da, 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 and you go, yeah, right. We saw that. And they're like, what? No, it can't be that easy. Surely it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like, you know, like, it's like, you know, it's a, an actual brain surgeon knows exactly where to go in, do it, take it, do their thing and do that. And they go, yeah, I can go in your brain or a heart surgeon. Yeah, I can yep. give you a double high bypass. That's no problem. Like, okay, there's some challenges potentially, but actually I know how to do that. I can do it. And people yep. are like, whoa, but it's it's just knowing how, isn't it? It's like with anything, yep. if you know how, it's easy. Yeah. Um, you look, you watch an amazing rider and they make it look easy, don't they? You know, it's beautiful, like, especially in dressage. They don't look like they're moving and it looks, literally just looks like sitting there and doing nothing. Now, we as riders know that's absolutely not the case. And um, and yeah, it's because they're so skilled at it. And when you're really skilled at this stuff, it's like you just know where to you just know which tool to go in and do what and do where and, and you do it, don't you? Yeah. So, you know, trying to get people to believe this can be done is, is half the battle one, isn't it? Because as soon as you believe you can change, you're ready, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. I get people that are dragged here by their mums and dads, kids that are dragged here. And the kids are going, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And mum's going, yes, you are. Yes, you are. There's no point in doing it. I sit there straight away. They're not interested. When you say, yes, I want the change, that's when it will change. And I had to do that decision in my life. I had to make a, a, a conscious decision in my life. Is this what I want? Yes, I want to change. Do I do I want change now? Yes, good. And then, I, then that's when I went on this little mission to find out more about hypnosis and, and, and all those type of things there. So, yeah, you've got to you've got to be in the right, right frame of mind to do it. But yes, change is very easy once you once you agree to it. 
the wonderful thing I love is that um, I do a 30 minute discovery call with someone first, they get 30 minutes for free and we have a chat about things. And if I decide they, they want to change, if they don't want to change, if I don't think they do, they're not having it. It's as simple yeah. as that because there's no point working with them. Um, then before we get our first session, I go, so what's changed then? And they go, oh my God, it's amazing. This, this and this. And we haven't even done anything yet. And it's like, no, because your brain has started doing it already, hasn't it? It's decided to make that change. So tell us a little bit more about the power of the brain in that respect then and what it can do. And in beliefs. In beliefs. The, the, the idea is, is that, it's, and it comes back to that, uh, the, that, that lemon phase again, because you've got to, we've got to realise is that, that the brain can't tell the difference between reality and imagination. It can't. So if I sit here and I do that, I say, you know, drink some neat gin or drink some, you know, drink this black, whatever it is, eat this corned beef, whatever it is, your brain can't differentiate. So, you know, if I told you to eat a bar of lard now, just imagine what it feels like to bite into a lard and ram it up in the back of your throat. It's no lard. There is no lard. But look what your face is doing now. There is no lard. There is no lard. There is no, there is no just gin on its own. There isn't, mind you, I don't mind gin on its own. No, I'm not joking. But but the, but you know, just just your brains can't can't differentiate until until the intellect goes. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Like that. So it's the same principle for beliefs. If the brain is geared up and is in the right place at the right time, you will change. There is no two ways about it. And it's about getting that conflict between the emotion and the intellect brain to work to work together in symbiotic and work that way. And and I think, I think it's key that people hold on to stuff. They love holding on to shit. They love it. Oh, I've got this fibromyalgia. And, oh, I've got look, sister, whatever, right? Fibromyalgia you can get rid of within within hours. You know, people choose to hold on to it because they're in shit Facebook groups, listening to people's either whining and moaning about how bad it is. It's like post trauma groups. I leave post trauma groups now because they're full of people who love to swim in their own shit. I love it. Oh, I did this. And they love to whirlpool around and they're not in the right place to change. They're not the right ones. Because if you go in there and you say to somebody with post trauma, I can get rid of that in probably 90 minutes or, or have a good smash of it. You will become a hate figure. You will become a hate figure. I've had so much of that. I learned that very early in my career that I have a skill set to, to, to help people with trauma and post-trauma. You reach out to people that have a strong identity. This is mine and I am post-trauma. I am anxiety. I am. And they own it. You say you're going to get rid of it. <sighs> yeah, they ain't going anywhere. You, I, I used to get hate mail. I used to get hate emails, hate Facebook. I used to have trolls. And I used to buy all my YouTube. So if anyone who's watching this, who wants to watch hypnosis, by the way, if you go to wrong side, Carl, if you go to UK hypnosis Academy there, because it's the other way around UK hypnosis Academy on YouTube, go have a look at me working on post-trauma there. You can watch me working on post-trauma. So the proofs in the pudding for me, I will, I will sit here all day long. I'm sitting in my studio now. I'll record videos with people that have been involved in severe, severe sexual trauma, severe rape, stuff like that. And I won't record unless it's, um unless unless obviously we they ask me you know they give me permission to so i can use it for training for my students but but in the same token yeah i'll work with that all day long and there are people who are committed and going do you know what i've had an, i've had a, like, enough of this i want i want to change and then they see those videos and that's the key thing that people people miss out on you know and, and when you unless you're in the right mindset and you're in the right mind frame some people want to hold shit they love it they oh i, I am and if you're doing that, they're not in the right mindset. People who go, no, I want rid of that trauma. 
and I want to get rid of this restless nights and I want to get rid of these bad nightmares and I want to get rid of these hot sweats and I want to get rid of this and I want to get rid of that. Then they're, they're ready to go. So coming back yeah. to what you, said, what you said a minute ago about people already done before they walk in the door, that's because you've given them a belief that it can happen. Coming yeah, back and the power them. of that is so powerful, isn't it? And what you were talking about there is something I talk a lot about, um, where you know people aren't ready to change because they get what we call a secondary gain, which means they may not like the behaviour they're getting or they're doing, but it's serving them in some way. It might be yeah. giving them a sense of community, especially in these groups where they all worries me. You know, they're a community together. You know, they they're connected. Yeah. There's a common a common enemy. You know, and yeah. it might be you. But you know, um, and, and I get the same thing. If I say it's not your anxiety, you feel anxiety, and I get people saying, "How dare you say that anxiety is real? It's this, it's that." And I'm like, I'm not saying that you don't feel it and it's not real. I'm just saying, please stop calling it your own. Like, stop owning it. Like, well, you, you can, yeah. if you want to get rid of it, you will, but you don't want to because it's doing something for you. And I am the worst person in the world when I say that, but I'm going to keep saying it. The thing, is, <laughs> the thing is, though, is that when you see people saying, I suffer with this, I suffer with that, they own it. They want it. It's part of their identity. They want it. They need it. And and the key thing is, is that you, you've got to recognize that, well, OK, if you want to own it, when you don't want it anymore, come see me. And they're like, what do you mean by that? I don't want it. Well, we'll stop owning it then. Once you do a couple of reframes, once you start talking about language patterns and about what they're doing and how they do it, simple demonstrations about why they shouldn't say this, then they start to change their mindset. Some will just go, nah, nah, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. I need it. I need I need it. I need it because of this, this, and this. And um, they're, they're the people, they're the people that I just go, fine, thanks very much. Yeah, leave me a shit review on Facebook, but on the same token, don't really care to be honest. You know, at the end of the day, I've proved my point. I work with thousands of people on a daily basis, not on a daily basis. I work with thousands of people around the globe. And to be quite honest, I work with people who want to work with me, not people who want to sit there and be a statistic on my Facebook wall. And I love that because that really does come from a place of true self-confidence, doesn't it? Like, you know, I was talking about this earlier in um, the mindset group that I've got and things. And I was saying, look, you know, if, if you're truly self-confident and you truly believe in things and they are what they are and you are what you are and you're not really bothered about what other people think in a nice and you're not going to go around being a dickhead but you know yeah. like in a nice way like you can believe that if you want to that's true for you and i believe what i believe and that's true for me you can take it or leave it there's there's no kind of need is there you, no. you don't need validation no. you don't you don't need someone to say you're good carl you're like well yeah i know i am because i've got the proof like you know and that's a great place to be isn't it well the key thing for me is, is a lot of people when they're talking about therapy they sit there and go what they have to do is they have to make their mind up whether they want therapy. Then the next stage is, is that what type of therapy do they want? Then they say, right, I'll do counseling, CBT, Reiki, spiritualism, whatever they choose, right? Whatever the path is, right? So, but then they land on hypnosis door. But they're, they're hit with two options. They can have a pink and fluffy, oh, hello there, windy staircases, and we're going to let all these little balloons off with all your shit. Or you can have, right, sit down, shut the fuck up, let's get on with it. And that's me. And I'm, that's what gets it done. And I'm telling you now, right, when people make a decision about if they're going to come to see me, it's not because they think they're going to sit there and wear, watch somebody with a tweed jacket nodding their head repeatedly. Can like, I just like, say, there's nothing wrong with tweed. You are talking to the wrong group of people if you don't no, like a tweed jacket. As in, as in, <laughs> as in, as in, as in psychotherapists. Right, there, all right, we'll let you off then. It's like a, it's like a Sigmund e. Freud type figure sitting there. Oh, yeah, tell me your problem. That's it. Tell, that's it. Did your mummy ever give you a kiss at night time? All that shit. If you want that, then I ain't it. And that's what gets me around the planet, you see, because like when I'm working in Hollywood and, and when I'm working in uh, all over the world, my YouTube channel sells me because people go, I like that. I like that approach. Blow the fucking doors off. 
blow the doors off. Don't piss around. Just blow the doors off and get rid of it. I don't want the pink and fluffy. And that's where I differentiate between other people. So and I've made that. I've made that my my niche or niche for wherever people are around the world listening to this. That's my my niche niche. And um, I have to keep saying that, by the way, because in America it's niche and over here it's niche. Um, but that's where I niche. That's where I that's where I am. I am go to me, go blow the doors off. And and that's the direct personality I am. And it's not indirect. I'm not ambiguous and stuff like that. So but but people yeah. people will make that change. And I do love that. And, and you know, your your people are going to come to you. So, uh, you know, equally, people come to me and they go, I quite like the fact you're quite straight talking. I quite like the fact you just kind of say what a spade's a spade. And it's like, yeah, why? What else would it be then? Like, because to me, it's just like, what's the point in fluffing around it? I mean, I'll help you. I'll support you. I'll guide you. I'll do whatever it is you need. But I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Yeah. You know, and, and equally, what's the point in faffing around? So, yeah, uh, you know, this is why I think we got on. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's the key thing about it. But change, change is possible. Change is possible quick with the right, with the right person. I'm not saying that change is consistent, as in you can get change very, very quickly. I've had changes within 15 minutes, and I've had other ones where have just gone on for bloody weeks, you know, because they just, they, it's just something that's going on, you know, and trying to get to the bottom of it all the time, and, and you know, and, and that's the way I look at it. But, but, but you can rewire your brain. So if there is a jump or a or a horse or there's a a situation or there's a problem or you've got things going on in your life you can rewire you can rewire very very quickly um and there's some you know there's so many simple techniques that you can use to go do that as well so if you were to give us your uh top technique so let's say um because i would say probably the two things that i come across the most well the three things actually three things i come across the most are something that's happened to them and therefore they've associated it so it's a problem uh, and normally associated with something that's completely irrelevant but that's what the brain has done so they've had an accident or they've fallen off or they've associated something that's one the fear-based thing yeah. the second one is normally they're not performing at their very best because they've got performance anxiety based normally around on judgment comparison and things like that yeah and then i would say the third one is generally that actually maybe they're just not skilled enough to be doing what they want to do but they're, they're not at the point to do it but the third one's pretty easy to sort really isn't it basically they've got going up skill a bit but the other two what would you say what would you say would be some great things that they could could do for themselves if they were to take something away today there's this this simple technique thing i'm going to show you right now and give you a little bit of science how, how long have we got we got enough time yeah yeah five ten minutes Okay, so so let, let me show you a technique and I'm going to give you the science behind it as well. Okay, if you imagine stress, anxiety, tension, pressure being acid, not that they are, but let's imagine they are. Mind you, they are because they attack the, they attack all your nervous system, they attack everything, right? So let's just say stress and tension are an acid. They're an acid that in small quantities are good, but in large quantities are bad. It's a bit like gin, right? right? Small quantities, good, large quantities, bad, right? I like gin, but but the thing is though is that is that is that, let's say let's just see small quantities of stress brilliant keeps us alive keeps us alert brilliant so when we when you're doing the ride and all that type of stuff yeah that keeps it keeps you focused that's brilliant too much starts attacking the body so if that's acid what are we going to need for alkaline very simple it's called oxytocin oxytocin is a drug within the body which is called the love drug you've all experienced it before it's when we sit there and we touch our partners. When we, when our partner touches us, or we just had sex, that's oxytocin all the way through the roof. Or well. with our horse, remember that's a bit like our partners in a non-sexual way. That is what it's like sniffing their neck. Oh, good, was, you were getting to that. I was hoping you would use that one because it's so I was, key. I was then going to correct you on that because I was talking about it's the sex drug, and then you said with our horses, and I don't. 
Now, that's a different topic, right? But yes, you're absolutely right. When you're stroking your horse or your dog or your cat, when you see cats and that, they produce oxytocin as well. And the key thing is, is that with that is, is, is that when you're stroking them, it produces it, which makes them feel better. Now, oxytocin is produced in your body quite naturally. Okay, so you can rub certain points on your body that make you feel good about yourself. And the two points, well, it's three points, two areas I'm going to show you. One is here, right on the forehead, and the other ones are here, just here like this, right? And if you rub them like this. Now, the key thing is, is that if you are having a bad day, stress is building up, tension's building up. This won't be the be all and end all, but it will help you during the day. So when, when people are stressed, let's say something happens to us. What's the first thing that we do? We go, oh, like that. The first thing we do is put our hands on our head. When people have got migraines and headaches, what they do is they rub like that, yeah? And they rub, they push. That's their brain telling him, I need some oxytocin, need some oxytocin, need some oxytocin. So if you sit here and do this and just rub gently, right, and just rub. It's, a, it's the same as when you go for a facial, when you're having a facial done in a, in a beauty therapist. It's got nothing to do with the product. It's got fucking nothing to do with the product. It's the way that they're rubbing your face. The product's just a rip off. That's all that is, right? And the thing is, right, is that you just sit there like this, right? Could you, could you, use, you just sit here like this doing this, right? When you do this, really gently and i don't mean like rub it really hard that you come out looking like coco the clown i mean like literally just rubbing it gently like this right and if you keep rubbing it like this and then you can alternate and go up here and just rub gently on your forehead right and then literally just come back down to the eyes but what i'm going to add now is is this remember if you tell yourself something you become it so if you tell yourself you're shit you're going to become it if you tell yourself you can't jump that hill that that um that jump you won't do it if you can tell yourself you can't get on that horse because it's too big it'll happen do you know what i mean so if you tell yourself something it'll become it so what you've got to do is just keep doing this go i can do this i will do this i can do this i will do this whatever it is right or you can just go i love myself i accept myself i respect myself i love myself i accept myself i respect myself i love myself i respect myself i accept myself i love myself i respect myself i accept myself and just keep doing that for a couple of minutes like I can do this. I will do this. 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 Now, a lot of people ask me about self-hypnosis. Lots of people have made lots of money out of writing books on self-hypnosis. I could write a book, right? I could write a book with one page in it and teach you how to do self-hypnosis. Self-hypnosis is a Kueism. 1875, Emil Kue said to us, every day in every way, we're getting better and better. If you tell yourself something, you will become it. So if you tell yourself you're shit, you will become shit. If you tell yourself you're great, you will feel great. So while you're doing this and dumping loads of oxytocin in, tell yourself something nice and positive. I am positive. I am powerful. I am positive. I am powerful. I can do this. I will win this. I can do this. I will do this. I will do this. I can do this. Whatever you choose, which is a powerful influence in our power, what you're doing is, is dumping all of this oxytocin into the back of your brain. And then what's happening is, is it starting to learn, oh, I can do this, can I? And that's the quick way of doing it. That's a great way of learning to do stuff like that as well. It's the same with babies when we rub babies' faces and, you know, and cats, they all sit there licking each other's faces. That's causing oxytocin, which then amplifies what's going on in the brain, which is a great way of looking at it. So those points there, I mean, there's tons more. I could sit here and talk about this for bloody weeks, but there's, there's, there's these three points here. So if you just do that, I can do this, I will do this, I love myself, I accept myself, whatever it is that you need to do, but do it for about five minutes. You will notice yourself doing this. You'll look, you'll feel, you'll feel like you're, you'll feel like really drugged up. 
And that's because that's the oxytocin being dumped into your system. You feel, I've actually felt it by just doing it then. I'll be honest, but a, a, an outcome for me is, is I always bloody yawn after I've been bloody doing that because I do it all day long. But I seem to touch, seem to go near my face now. If I go to wash myself at night time like that, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm always doing it. So, and the pop- more you do, the more you repeat, the more you focus on, the more it grows. So the more often you're doing that to yourself, as soon as you go to touch that association, isn't it? Your brain goes, oh, here it comes. <laughs> so hey. you're doing that all the time. Yep. Cool. Okay, so that's amazing. Thank you so much, Carl. We've covered so many awesome bits and it's just, it's so nice doing these Q&As with people that share the same thoughts and beliefs that I do about change, about, you know, actually what a simple mechanism the brain can be because we can't off overcomplicate it. And if you read half of the books out there on, you know, brains and mindset and this, that and the other, my God, you can end up with your, you know, yourself yeah. up your own butt, can't you? Like, yeah. all this stuff. and a lot of it is theoretical and it's useful to know the theory. It's nice to know the theory, but the theory is not going to make change in behavior, no. is it? So no. useful to know if you want to learn it, it's great. You know, go and read some of the books and stuff. It's brilliant. And, you know, they're going to help you, but it's not just a case of, oh, well, just think positively and you'll be there. there there's some actual brain changes that need to happen, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. And it's quite um, easy. It's what, sorry? It's easy to do as well. Yeah. Definitely. And um, thank you so much for sharing those little hints and tips as well. Welcome. If anyone wants to ask you any questions or get a hold of you or find out more, what's the best way to do it? Um, you can either contact me via the UK Hypnosis Academy website. So that one there. So the UK Hypnosis Academy. Um, go to that and there's a, a contact box in there. Or, uh, or there's a telephone number at the bottom of 800 number, which is a free one, which is going straight to my mobile phone at the present moment in time due to the fact of all this car crash that's going on around us. So, yeah. So, um, but yeah, if, if anyone's interested in, in in learning some more about it then more than welcome to give me a shout out if you're stuck in life give me a shout out as well cool and if we have any questions that people are answered we can get hold of you and maybe do another one of these if it's something along yeah. the line with another topic yeah yeah, yeah 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 that'd be cool lovely thanks so much carl it's been absolutely brilliant and i love your positivity so thanks for bringing some of that along as well right yeah just remember the worst day of your life because probably they're going to be the best love that thank you take care carl bye And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one. Bye, everyone.